piece of paper with scripture on it. And repeat, after me, after me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, God, oh, hold on, we missed it. And in Jesus Christ, is only begotten Son, our Lord. Who is conceived by the Holy Spirit. Born of the Virgin Mary. Suffered under Pontius Pilate. Was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into death. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. And sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit. God's holy church. The communion of saints. The forgiveness of sins. The resurrection of the body. And the life everlasting. Amen. So uh, if this is your uh, first time here, maybe your first time here uh, in a long time, Matt, there's a lot of talking going on. Very nice. Okay. So uh, if this is your first time here, maybe your first time here in a long time, uh, we pray that every Wednesday, and it's just a reminder of, of what it is we believe. We do believe, you know, uh, Jesus conce- was conceived by the Virgin Mary and died on the cross and went, you know, descended into death and came back on three days, three days later. So, uh, you know, it's, it's really cool to pray that prayer. People have been pe- praying it for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so uh, it's always cool to pray prayers that lots of people are praying. So, Awesome. Hey, we're going to get started uh, in a new series tonight called Called to Serve. Um, And we are not talking about uh, being a waiter or waitress, although that uh, can be fun. Anybody in here ever been a waiter or waitress? Yes? Awesome. Myself included. I worked at the OG. Jackson, you were a waiter? Okay. (laughs) I worked at Olive Garden for a long time. Uh, I no longer enjoy eating there. But, um, yeah. So our series is actually uh, not centered around physically serving like food, but uh, talking about what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus set this amazing example for us of, of serving. The Bible tells us that Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so what does it look like for you and me as followers of Jesus to serve other people? And I think before we can learn to serve other people, we have to realize that, that we have something to offer. If you are somebody uh, who likes taking, like, writing down titles of things, uh, t- tonight is super simple. We're just going to talk around this idea that everyone has a gift. Everyone has a gift. All of us in this room are good at something. Um, the older I get, the more aware I become of what I'm not good at. Yeah, uh, I'm very aware of a couple things. One of them being, uh, I am awful at sports. I know you're like, oh, like, Amber, you look so aerodynamic and fast. You're so kind. Uh, Like, I thought you did paleo and CrossFit. Um, You would be wrong. Uh, Although I like paleo, I I could get behind that. But um, I'm not good at sports. I want to be. Every year when we go to Beach Freak, I want to be so good at volleyball. Like, I want to jump up and just smack the ball over the net into another church's face and be like, boom, Jesus loves you. Um, and that, that doesn't happen. Normally, I, I'm, I'm pretty much rotated throughout the whole game. But uh, I've also realized that I'm terrible at finishing books. And uh, last night, I was looking on my nightstand, and I have eight books that I am precisely smack dab in the middle of and will probably finish none. Anybody else? Okay. You want to know why we do that? 
a very wise person, uh, a good friend of mine, she once told me, she said that our brains, when we buy a new book, it's like this little like party happens in our brains. It's like, yay, we're going to do something smart and awesome and we're better. And then we don't have to actually read it because we already got that party in our brain. So uh, I'm not good at sports. I'm not good at finishing books. And I am terrible, like the worst, at returning a Redbox movie. I don't know why, I don't, I don't know if it's where I live geographically, but returning a red box is the most painful part of my week sometimes. Because I see it there and I have every intention on returning it. And one day when that charge is going to your debit card, you'll feel this pain. But uh, it's the worst. I should own so many more movies than what I do uh, because of red box fees. So thank you, red box. But uh, it's so easy to, to focus on uh, all the things that, that we don't do right or the things that we're not good at, especially um, when we're on social media. I don't know why, but I have this habit of following people who are, like, the best at what they do. Because I'm like, oh, that'll, like, inspire me. And then I, was, and then I realized, like, I'm not as good as them, and it kind of bums me out. And so tonight, I want to just kind of talk all around this idea that God has really gifted all of us. And I know that sounds really corny. Sometimes we say these things at church, and it's like, okay, yeah, whatever. That's fine. That's for everybody else, but not me. But the truth of it is, it, it, really, it, it really is true. God has gifted you and me for a unique purpose. He's given us unique gifts and talents and expressions that, that help us to serve other people. Your likes and your talents and your interests aren't as random as you think they are. God, it's like on purpose created you the way you are. All the weird things you like, all the things uh, that you're good at, all the things that you, you know, the food you don't like, down to the smallest detail. God created all of those. And so if God can create all of these intricate things about us, why wouldn't he give us gifts and abilities to bless other people with? And so uh, if you have your Bible or if you haven't turned this into a swan yet, um, I want us to read a verse together in First Peter. We talked about Peter last week if you were here uh, in our, our series, Flapjacks, Fish, and Failure one night only. Um, you can check that out online. But if you have your, uh, your notes, let's read this together. So this is Peter writing, and look what he says. He says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So Peter here, he's writing, and um, he says, you know, each, each of you. Sometimes we hear each of you and we're quick to go, yeah, but that's, that's for people who are more spiritual than me. That's for people who have it all together. That's for my small group leader. You know, that's, that's for that person that really loves God. But, but because none of us read Greek, at least as far as I know, um, and we don't read the Bible in its original language, we miss out on what Paul was actually saying here. And so Paul, when he's saying each of you, he's using... This really cool Greek word, and it's hekatos. Everybody say hekatos. Hekatos. So, and here's what that word means. It's so cool. It means every single person. It means nobody is excluded from having a gift from God on their life. Every one of us. We're about to be so corny. I hope you're ready. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have a gift. Turn to the other person. Turn to your second choice and say, you have a gift. Thank you. You have a gift. All of you have a gift. It's in the Bible. And this word, hegestos, is used because it means no one is excluded. Whether you've been coming to your, 
to church your whole life, whether you were like Peter and you knew Jesus, or whether you just came here tonight because maybe, just maybe, you're tired of your friend bugging you and asking you to come. No matter what, God has a gift that he's put in your life, and, and you're not the exception. So why don't we use those gifts, right? Like, why aren't we all walking around in our God-given gifts and talents and just, you know, seeing Jesus, like, you know, through our friends? And why, why do all these happen? So why do all these things happen? I think there's several reasons. So if you're taking notes tonight, um, I'm going to give you three reasons. And before we do that, uh, go ahead and turn with me in your Bible to John chapter 6. Anybody bring a Bible tonight? If you didn't, that's cool. We got paper. It's on your phone somewhere. I'm sure you can find it. All right. John chapter 6. If you got to read real Bible, say got it when you're there. If, you brought, if you're looking at the paper, wave it in the air. Like you just do care. Okay. Awesome. All right. So I want us, we're going to read this a story together tonight, but I want us to look at what does it mean to use our gifts? Even when they don't feel, feel like they're a big deal, even when it feels overlooked, what, why does it matter? So here we go, John chapter 6, verse 1. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, that is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great crowd of people followed him when they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside, sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. Verse 5, when Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Verse 7, Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. So Jesus and his disciples are, are traveling, and word has gotten out that Jesus is not just some cool hip preacher, but Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Son of God, and he, he's healing people, and people are being made whole. And so people want to check this out. There was no Netflix, there was no Hulu, there was no Instagram story. So you had to actually go see it for yourself. And so these people are coming towards Jesus, and Jesus doesn't just care about our spiritual needs, but our physical ones. And these people, this huge crowd, 5,000 people are coming towards Jesus, right? It's like the like Bible Times Coachella. Like they're all just coming to party and be there, but for the right reasons. Okay. And so they're all coming. And Jesus looks at his disciples, he's like, hey, these, <laughs> we're going to have to feed these people. And I don't know about you, but I just identify with Philip sometimes so strong because he's like, whoa, 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 Jesus. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but it's going to cost a lot of money for us to feed these people. And uh, just in case you forgot, we don't have any money. Uh, part of my job here at the church is I work with Master's Commission. And uh, we, we go on trips, and I, I feel like I can identify with Jesus and Philip very well in this moment, being like, I have to feed 30 people, and I have $7, so uh, Jesus make it happen. But uh, I think Philip realized that, that they not only had to feed them, but, like, it was going to be impossible to find a caterer for 5,000 people. Like, imagine tonight after church that you went to Panera Bread, and you're like, hey, I need enough bread for 5,000 people, right? They're going to laugh at you. They're probably going to ask you to leave, and they might hand you a bagel on the way out. So here's, here's where we're at. Jesus and the disciples are trying to figure out where to, how to feed everybody. And look at verse 8. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? 
If you're taking notes tonight, which you should, because people who take notes are statistically smarter than others. Um, that's new. I'm trying it. People who take notes also, also get into heaven first. Uh, there you go. So if you're taking notes, here's point number one. We have to realize our gifts are valuable. So Jesus and the disciples are there, and, and Simon Peter's like freaking, or I'm sorry, Philip's freaking out. And he's like, uh, we don't have enough food. There's no, like, we don't have enough, like, you know, Cheez-Its. There's no Tostitos. Like, we have nothing to feed these people. And uh, Andrew, or, yeah, Andrew, his brother, Simon Peter's brother, not Philip's, goes and finds this random kid. And he finds out that he packed a lunch. And we have to realize that in that moment, he probably didn't realize that this, you know, what Jesus was going to do, but he saw that he, this boy had something to offer. Sometimes we feel like our gifts are so invaluable, like they don't matter, like it's not a big deal. When I first became a Christian, I was 17, and uh, I went to a really cool youth group. Um, cool is not as cool as this, but it was cool. And uh, I remember I just wanted to be a part of everything that happened at my church, and I thought the coolest thing in the world was the worship team. Um, if you don't know this, I cannot sing very well. Uh, I play the guitar so-so, and I can play a couple things on the piano. Uh, but I'm not awesome. But I thought being on the worship team would be the coolest thing in the world. And so finally, I convinced my youth pastor to let me be on the worship team. And Pastor Steve told me that I could, but I had to play the cowbell during the fast songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my job was I would hold the cowbell in my hand and I would dance and jump around and just be like, ting, 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 like offbeat, terrible. And um, I did that my junior and senior year of high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you can book me for your wedding, bar mitzvah, whatever. I'm, I'm here if you need a cowbell player. Uh, here's the deal, though. Obviously, being on the worship team is not my gift. Cowbell is not, is not what God created me for. But God did create me to bring enthusiasm and to bring joy to places. And it was in that moment in my senior year, my youth pastor told me that. And I realized, yeah, maybe I can't do the things I want to do, but it doesn't make my gift any less valuable. And when we read in John 6, I doubt this boy knew that his lunch was valuable. Have any of you ever looked at your lunch and been like, well, this is worth about $9.50? I mean, you know, like, we, you know, like you're eating turkey on white bread that sticks to your mouth. Like, you know, lunch isn't always glamorous. Just me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anybody else eat? Okay. All right. Thank you, Emily and three other friends on the side. Um, I doubt he thought his meal was valuable, but he didn't think it was valuable because it wasn't. Um, I'm going to show you a picture of barley, if we got it. That's barley. Barley. God, I've been in Alabama too long. That's barley. And uh, in case you don't know, barley is really meant for horses and donkeys. It's not really meant for people. So many times we hear this story and we're like, oh, this boy had like non-GMO gluten-free wheat bread from Whole Foods. And it was so good. But the truth of it was that this was survival food. This wasn't food that was meant to make like your stomach happy and your taste buds smile. But it was food to survive. And so he, this boy has five loaves of barley, and, and it's not worth a lot of money. And then this story tells us that he had two small fish. And I don't know about you, but every time I read this story, I always imagine these huge, bad mamma jamma fish, like just big old fish. 
Because how convenient would it be to feed 5,000 people with some tuna steaks, right? Like, you're just like, foom, foom, like, you all get some food, right? It's very easy. But if you look at uh, the story and you look at history, Bethany, yeah. The fish that he had were two, like, small fish. They weren't meant to be a meal. Instead, the fish that this boy had were actually supposed to be kind of like a side dish. Like, kind of like that thing that you put on your plate just so, like, you have something else. Um, when you get to college, you'll get very creative about how to make carbs look good on your plate. Um, you're like, oh, I'm going to have ramen with a side of ramen. Um, if, if you haven't been there yet, you will. And you'll, you'll call me and tell me that was funny. Uh, but, but this guy has the, these fish, and they're, they're not anything special. This is not a gourmet lunch. And so needless to say, the disciples didn't have this small meal in mind when they were looking to feed 5,000 people. And sometimes we see our gifts and we see our talents this way, that they aren't enough, but God sees them as valuable. Just like your ability to draw or sing or play an instrument or dance or run or, or be a part of an organization, maybe you're part of Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts or whatever it is your thing is, those talents, those things to God have immense value because he put them inside of you. God knew that you would like to sing. God knew that you would like to dance like a fool in the mirror. God knew. God knew the gifts and the talents you would have. And they're valuable. So let's look back at our story. So they, they have this little tiny lunch. Look at verse 10. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Because it's more comfy to eat when you're sitting down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Okay, there were probably women there too, but you know, never mind. we won't go there. Verse 11, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. This leads me to point number two. Jesus wants our gifts even when they seem unwanted. I can't tell you how many times I've let my, myself talk myself out of doing something because I felt like what I had to offer wasn't good enough. We have to realize that, that God wants to use us. When you start to feel that pull in your stomach, when you fart, fart. <laughs> when you start to feel that thing, I always do this. It gets spiritual, and then I say something dumb. I'm working on it. Not hard enough, apparently, but we'll get there. But, <laughs> fart, but, here we go. All right. Get it together, Amber. <laughs> so, <laughs> God... <laughs> You're good. God. Dang it. Jesus wants our gifts even when they seem unwanted. Um, I have a little sister. She's 11. She's my best friend. Um, we talk all the time. She just got a cell phone, and we text, and we're BFF. And uh, what I love about my sister is that she keeps... Oh, whoops. Well, Bethany, get rid of that. People are going to judge our grammar. Go back to the fish. You know the point. There we go. Uh what I love about my sister is that she's the most sentimental soul ever. I don't know if you know anybody like this, but she keeps everything, right? Like, she's that person, like, if you jokingly, like, give her a piece of paper, like, you could go into her room and she has a box and that paper would be in that box, right? She's either an amateur hoarder or really sentimental. But um, I love that she loves things that everybody else is like, that's just stupid. Like, nobody wants that. that, that that's unwanted. And God is the same way. Although what you have to offer might feel small and invaluable, 
He delights and wants to use those things in us. For some of you, you you have these things in your heart and God's spoken to you and you're like, man, I really want to help homeless people or I really want to be involved with our, our kids' ministry here at church or I really would love to sing on the worship team, but I just don't feel like anybody wants me to do those things. Can I tell you something tonight? We want you to. We want to see your gifts. We want to see God use you. We want to see those talents. We want to see you help other people because you're never more like Jesus than when you're serving other people. And so sometimes we can believe this lie that if we can't totally fix something or solve the whole problem, the first time we do something, then it's not worth doing. If our idea or the thing we want to do doesn't help the whole problem, then it's not helpful. But every time we use our gifts to help other people, we're making a tremendous impact. You have no idea the impact you make. We're going to be talking about this for, for the next three weeks, and, and Pastor Jeremy's going to share too. And I just want you to know, like, this is something that we so believe in. We've talked about it before this series. Like, you have the ability to make a difference. Um, I was at a conference not too long ago, and the speaker started telling this story about how they had this obnoxious neighbor. And uh, she was loud all the time and just left stuff in the yard and just really rude to them. Like, they would wave to her, and she would shoot them the bird. Like, just not a great neighbor. And so uh, her husband, who is actually a pastor, uh, decided that um, he was going to just try to be really nice to her. And so for months and months and months, he tried to talk to her and invite her to church, and she just, you know, kept up her behavior, didn't want anything to do with him. And then finally one day, he felt like the Lord had told him, hey, I want you to mow her yard. And Jesus, he was like, Jesus, I'm not mowing the yard. Like, that's a big yard. And God had just really challenged him, hey, I, I want you to mow the yard. And so... For the next couple weeks and months go by, he's, he's mowing this cranky old lady's yard that doesn't even like him back and forth in the Texas sun. It's really hot. And eventually, uh, the old lady comes out one day while he's mowing the yard and says, why, why do you keep doing this? This, is, like, this isn't an easy job. This isn't an easy thing to do. And he looks at her and he goes, I'm so sorry for the way I've treated you. I just wanted to help. I just wanted you to know that Jesus loves you. And she said, yeah, that's great, and shuts the door. So another couple of months go by, and he's still out there every, every week faithfully mowing her grass, taking care of her yard, serving her. This lady eventually comes outside, and they, they have this long conversation, and she tells him how lonely she was and how she just felt like nobody saw her, cared about her. And that lady wound up coming to their church and decided to follow Jesus and is now a, an awesome close part of their family. Maybe you're in here and you're like, I don't ever want to preach or sing or do any of that kind of stuff, but I do want to help people. You, you, you can mow a yard. You could rake some leaves. You can make a difference no matter what, what age you are. And I want us to look back at our story. The, the disciples probably didn't want to solve their food problem this way. They probably would have much rather had Chewy's cater or something. Y'all come on for Chewy's. But, uh, but this is the way Jesus wanted to do it. He wanted to use this boy's gift and look, let's look at how he used it. Verse 12. When they all had enough to eat. That's a whole other sermon. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Point number three, if you're taking notes, our gifts are needed. 5,000 people ate that day because of the 
the lunch this boy brought with him. And he didn't just bring five barley loaves and some fish. He brought with him a generous heart and a giving spirit. I think the biggest deterrent we have from serving sometimes is that we feel like our gifts aren't needed. And the truth is you are needed. Your gift is needed in the kingdom of God. It's not just some cute thing to say. It's not some corny thing to say. We need you. We need your gifts and your talents. Imagine if your small group leader tonight got in their car after work or their day and said, you know what, they don't really need me there tonight. No, each and every one of them are gifted. They're, and they're called and their gift is needed. They, they're needed. You needed to talk to them tonight. And God wanted to use them. Imagine if Hannah and, and the band and Jordan and Lauren and, and Austin and everybody just, they were like, meh, nobody really needs to, to worship. We're just going to put on, you know, a cassette and sing Pharaoh Pharaoh because that's a good song. No, like they have a gift and they use it to bless us and to help us grow closer to Jesus. I don't know about you, but tonight I just was like, God, God is here and he wants to do something. Imagine tonight if, if Daniel and Bethany in the back decided that they weren't going to come. And so we're scrambling around trying to figure out how to have lights and sound and all, the, all these things and slides. Their gifts are needed. God isn't looking for us to have to do all these big extravagant things. He instead wants to use the, the gifts that are inside of us. Not for us to try to be somebody else, but to authentically be us and use the gift God put inside of you. I never thought I would preach. Like, ever. Like, I just was never on my radar. I was going to go to, like, nursing school and buy a big house and just live on the beach forever. But... But I know God gave me this gift, and, I'm, and I want to use it. I just wonder tonight if, if there aren't some of you in the beginning of our year, in the beginning of this series, who go, maybe just maybe God's calling me. Maybe just maybe God wants to use something he put inside of me. And, and I don't just think it's for teenagers. I think it's for leaders, too. It's time to stop telling God to shush. Like, it's because we do that sometimes. We're like, God, shh, no, I'm not going to give. Shh, I want to eat Taco Bell later, Right? Sometimes we shush the voice of God. But look back at verse 12. God doesn't let anything go to waste. Jesus said, let nothing be wasted. God doesn't want to waste your gift, but he wants to use it. And when you let him use your gifts, you'll live a life that's more exciting than you ever thought possible. Tonight, um, I want to pray, and I'm going to ask our smaller group leaders to come up. And um, Daniel, if you put on something very spiritual sounding so we can all cry. Just kidding. And I'm going to ask you guys to do this. I'm going to go up on the stage because it was awkward. Tonight, if you guys will do this, if everybody will stand with me. Hey, if you'll stand and just kind of keep an, an attitude of prayer just for a second. I'm going to ask you to do this. If you'll close your eyes and bow your heads for just a moment. And I'll wait till every head's bowed and every eye's closed. Because tonight, there, Jesus is talking to some of you. He's been talking to you all day. And your day just finally slowed down enough for you to hear him. And if you're in here tonight, and I'm just going to ask two questions. The first one is this. If you're in here tonight and you'd say, Pastor Amber, um, I know God's gifted me, but I am so afraid to use it, and I feel like it might be time for me to finally step out. If that's you with nobody looking around, I just want you to slip up your hand. It doesn't have to be high. I just want to know who we're praying for tonight. Be bold. God's talking to some of you. 
see your hand. Okay, thank you. Second question I want to ask is this. If maybe you're in here tonight and you say, Amber, I heard you talk about being gifted, but sometimes I feel like God just skipped me. And I want to do things and I, I want to impact others, but I feel like God skipped me and I need help to see what, what my gift is, what God gave me. If that's you with nobody looking around, I just want you to slip up your hand. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray. And, and if you raised your hand for either of those, or maybe you didn't um, and you wanted to and you're just afraid to, that's okay. Uh, but your small group leaders are here. I'm here. And we'd love to pray with you tonight. So as I pray, if that's you, just make your, make your way to the front. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, you're the reason we came here tonight. You're the reason we sing, God. And I just pray tonight that you would help teenagers, God. God, I pray that you would help them to realize that you've given them gifts, God, not just for when they're older, but for now. Gifts to serve others. Gifts to make a difference. So Jesus... Tonight, God, would you, God, remind our hearts that you've gifted us, God, that you've called us, that you, God, want to use us. God, I pray you would use teenagers in their schools tomorrow. God, or at home or at practice, God, or at co-op, God, or wherever they go. God, would you use them, God, to be, um, be an example, to, to shine your love, God. Use them, use their gifts. And God, I pray for those who raised their hand and said, I, I have no idea what God's put inside of me, but I, I know something's there. God, would you speak purpose and destiny, and would you put people in their lives to call that gift out of them, God, to put it um, so that they could see what it is you, you've created them to do. So, Jesus, we love you, we thank you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, we, we sure do love you all. If you, uh